So here we are with Antonio Luca. How are you doing, my friend? How's um, lockdown treating you? I'm all good, mate. How are you getting on? Yeah. Uh, could be better. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting through. A bit of a delay. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm surviving and stuff. How's the um, training going at the minute? It's all right, to be honest. I said, obviously, it's all isolated. So bag work, shadow boxing. But um, been doing a lot of online coaching, so that's been keeping me busy. Keeping some uh, money coming in as well. Well, this is it. Is that part of the gym? Is that you independently? I know it's part of the gym. Uh, work at EWF, so it's been, yeah. uh, it's been good. Yeah. Also stopping me from uh, binge eating and getting fat ass. <laughs> well, you got to live your life. So this is one thing I wanted to get into today was your weight cut. So talk to me pre Dean Kirk era. So talk to me about your which which title fight was it? Stands fight or the one before that? Because you had a pretty grim weight cut. Uh, it was my fight against actually it was against jake stark it was my uh yeah bantamweight title fight <laughs> yeah it was uh that was bad so i had to lose because i normally lose about drop about 10 or 11 kilos for the fight but this weight cut man the fight before i had with josh abu that was at bantamweight as well my first time that went smooth not too bad but the second one with uh <laughs> against jake i don't know what the hell happened I literally had to cut like five and a half, six kilos, 24 hours before the fight. And like <laughs> three and a half kilos on the day of the weigh-in. <laughs> it just went terrible. Oh man, it was, um, I think going into it, I did the walk, water cut and everything properly, but I think the problem was um, I must have had a bit too much sugar going into the week or something because I was only eating like vegetables and some fruits and like meats, but Obviously, once I got Dean on board, I was asking him questions like every day, and he was like, "Yeah, that's wrong. Don't do that. That's also wrong. Don't do that." And what do you know? Worked uh, a lot better. Well, this is <laughs> so. Let's break that down a bit further then. So, obviously, when it comes to title fights, there's zero allowance. So you know, for you've got yeah. to be on the nose as well. So, at what point did you know? Okay, this is going to be a long night. And when it was a long night, what was your process to get it all off? It was a it was a long night because I had to weigh sixty one point well bang on sixty one kilos and I woke up the day before the weigh in at sixty six kilos. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> and it was that point where I was like, what, what am I supposed to do now? Because um, I've done it before where I've cut like obviously four kilos the day before, but six kilos. Uh, actually, let's go back just a bit further. My mate asked me the week of the fight. I was like, so what do you weigh now? I was like, oh, it's about sixty eight kilos. He went sixty eight. It's like you fighting on Saturday. I was like, yeah, sixty eight is fine. And then I thought, by the time I got to the day before the weigh-in, I was like, hmm, I've only lost two kilos, which is still good. But now I've got all this extra weight to drop. So I was like, what to do? So I just got into the salt bath. I got my sauna suits. Um, I bought two sauna suits. I went, sweated through both of them. I then had to dry them out and then put them back on. So I went through like four or five sauna suits in four or five baths, sweated it out. Made the dumbass decision in the morning. I woke up at like four, half four, five a.m. I thought, okay, let's just go for a light jog day of the fight. Uh, weighing side. Came back, lost point one ounce. I was like, oh no. And uh, my mate uh, was going to take me down to the weigh-in. He was like, okay, I'm here in thirty minutes. I was like, oh, I got to take another salt bath. Four minutes later, I only lost a like, half a kilo. I was like, uh oh. So I just pushed him. It was supposed to pick me up at like half eight. We ended up leaving my house about ten a.m. And we literally got to the weigh-in five minutes before it finished. Bang on weight. Oof. But uh, James said to me, because uh, I couldn't 
like I lost so much water that I couldn't even speak. Like I was like all dry and I was just. And it got to a point where I was trying to give James my money and I just couldn't count. He was like, "Mate, just go home, <laughs> rehydrate, and we'll sort this out tomorrow." But it was bad, man. I was, I was, I was zombie. The thing to retake really yeah, yeah. into account is being even the lighter weight class. That amount is even more mm. significant because the percentage of your body weight as well. Yeah. That's so fucking bad. So talk about your rehydration yeah. then. So was that so when you did that weight cut? Was that with Dean Kirk's help with the rehydration? Or was that your own methodology? Uh, this was before Dean Kirk. So how did I rehydrate? I was drinking. Uh, again, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was drinking like Powerade, lots of water. <laughs> just trying to get as much water back into my system as I could. I was like, I didn't hydrate properly. I only found probably a few kilos as well to top it all off. And then after that fight, like I says, I did good, like I says. It wasn't until the third round and my body just shut down. I was like, oh, shit. Even though I still won that round. But uh, my corner man was saying to me in between uh, the last round, I was like, what? You're breathing really heavy. I was like, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like, just that's when it happened. It just crashed in that third round and... After the fight, I spoke to you and I spoke to a few others, and you guys all recommended Dean Kirk, and I uh, started speaking to Dean, and man, that's it. He was a game changer, so I, I owe a lot of that fight, I feel like, uh, my last fight, to his uh, nutrition and his diet and his water cutting. But also just, like, the, uh, the rehydration afterwards was much better. And I, I put on probably... I think I was fighting at about 71, 72 kilos in the, uh, in the fight, whereas obviously I was supposed to weigh in at 61. Ooh, shout out to Kirk. Yes, I'd... Yeah, I'd definitely. Really recommend him. <laughs> the thing I really wanted to get into as well is how were you how are you post-fight after doing that? So that kind of heavy weight cut, botched rehydration, and then what? What was your training like after that? How long did it take you to get back to normal, well, whatever normal is? Uh... Probably a good week or two because like I said, obviously the stomach shrinks really small. I could barely eat anything. So, but because the food he was giving me was all like high fiber stuff for the most part, um, I wasn't lagging or I didn't feel like really bad. I was eating loads of vegetables to keep the vitamins in because that was another issue I've had before in the weight uh, pass before was not eating properly. And because I wasn't getting enough minerals or vitamins, I just crashed every single day. But because of the diet he had me on, it probably only took me about a week to get back to normal. And even then, it wasn't like it was forced. Because again, as you can probably tell, I've had a lot of shit weight cuts. So uh, maybe I'm just really used to the shit one. So I felt great afterwards. So I'm going to sort of jump around timelines a bit. So context that fight then and your most recent fights at 61. So yep. there are some videos on YouTube of you fighting at 70. So yeah. what on earth was that about? <laughs> I fought five different weight classes. I fought 70 kilos, 68 kilos, 66 kilos, 63 kilos, and 61 kilos. <laughs> Just working my way down the weight classes. When I first started, it was a K1, and obviously they don't really do much weight cutting anyway. But uh, I had no idea what weight cutting was, because I used to walk around about 77 kilos, 80 at one point, when I was like 19, 20. So my first few fights were at 70 kilos, and I did good, man. Like I said, because I, uh, I wasn't cutting any weight, I had a lot of power. And I think I was four and one at 70 kilos. Um, but like I said, they're all just big boys, man. And you know, I was getting, I was hitting them. They weren't really feeling it until you know I managed to. I had to outwork them, and when they got tired, that's when my hits started adding up, started landing a bit heavier. 
that's worked out. Like my first few fights, I just used to finish people with body shots because I could just sneak under their elbows really easily. So talk to me about but, uh, your background in the first place then. So where's your, where did you start? How did you start? I started off in kickboxing at EWF, so I'm still here, uh, now coaching the classes. And they started off with, it was sort of more like a, uh, at the time, it was sort of like a freestyle, sort of like karate, kickboxing sort of background. And I started watching that. And I, uh, sorry, I started training it and I, I got pretty good at it. But I wasn't too keen on the whole, you know, get in, get out, get in, get out. Uh, I was more into the whole, you know, just bite down in your mouth guard and just swing. So I started drawing, after that, I also added Muay Thai into it as well. Because I started watching like K1 fighters, Dutch style kickboxing. So I did that sort of style into a Muay Thai background. And it gave me the best of both worlds. It gave me some footwork to use. It gave me to move in and out with my evasion, evasiveness or whatever. And then on top of that, I could also bite down and just throw those heavy leg kicks, knees. So I just started mixing it all up together. Uh, it wasn't until I had my first loss because it was doing a fight called a uh, hybrid, which is basically like K1, but with takedowns. It's like shoot boxing, I think, wasn't it? That's it, yeah. And I, I thought it's a shame that went under, to be honest, because I think that's the perfect way to get people into MMA uh, because you're wearing the shin guards, you're wearing the thick gloves, you're getting used to people taking you down. But if you're nervous for your first few fights, so you don't have to worry too much about you know, getting your ass absolutely handed to you on the floor. So I remember when I did my first MMA fight, I was like after my, I was eight fights after K1, and it felt like it was my first fight. So I was like, shit, so much going on. So um, yeah, and then after that, I thought I wasn't doing any wrestling, but my opponent was Jeff Orgendo, and really good, cool, uh, really good guy, really good fighter. And the fight before me, he put the guy into a hospital because he double legged him. The guy fell through the ropes and he landed on his head. Oh, and this was a kick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was fighting him afterwards with no wrestling experience. I watched him, I was like, shit, what do I do now? And honestly, um, I was practicing bag works. I had no one to take me, practice takedowns with. No one could take me, uh, to help take me down. So when I was doing bag works, I just kept doing loads and loads of spools, loads and loads of spools. And I said, I defended most of his takedowns. And even the commentators were like, you know, what the hell's going on? He takes everyone down. And I actually went four and four with my takedowns on him. And I was like, what the hell? I can take people down. So after that, I started training in MMA and uh, wrestling. And well, from now, it's mostly predominantly my style. Take people down, keep them down. Well, this is an interesting thing as well, is the way you train with us, like sparring and things, mm-hmm. it's very technical, it's very playful. But when you fight, you really switch it on. Where do you think that's come from, that kind of balance? Because some people are almost the reverse. They train really hard, train really aggressively. When it comes to fight day, they're quite placid. So how have you found your sort of style with that then? Oh, that's, that comes down to uh, really coaching. So what happens is, the thing is, when I spar with people, so I've sparred with a lot of people who are, they're not fighters. They're probably just people who want to just do, you know, uh, a bit of sparring for fun. So in between do my hard rounds, I'll spar with people who are like younger than me or way less experienced. And what I do there is I just basically just hold back as much. When hold back, like I don't, like, I just pull my shots basically. Like if I, I know I can land a base shot on him, but I just throw it really light. But even if I'm sparring against people who are like higher level than me, I still try and show that respect. Like I'm tapping, I'm focusing on shots, I'm trying to close the distance. Uh, it's just trying to keep as relaxed as I can. Because I don't want to be one of those guys who has their, his best fights in the gym. You know, the people who are getting in wars all the time are the ones who end up, you know, developing a weak chin. Uh, they can't take leg kicks very well because it's getting battered every session. 
And, you know, I, I was training in Leicester and there was a lot of that. Like, obviously, especially in the Muay Thai, everyone was just trying to kill each other. Whereas, you know, I was sort of like, again, just using my footwork, bobbing in, bobbing out, tapping, tapping, tapping. Um, I got it a lot from uh, watching Nicky Hoskin as well, using broken rhythm striking. So mm-hmm. that was something I, I use a lot as well. So, you know, just tap them up a little bit. And then when they start getting tired, you know, oh, sit on that punch a little bit, sit on that leg kick a little bit. So That's Filthy lever shots as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love, a good, I love a good body shot. Yeah, grim. Well, I won my first, yeah. First fight I land, uh, I won by it. And the picture looks like his, literally his body just imploding on the inside. It was just, ooh, <laughs> nasty. So, regards of competition, the thing I sort of want to get onto is dealing with, I don't know, an upset. So, say, like, your fight with Stan, for example. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, being champ, champ at that point, you go to fight Stan. And then the fight gets stopped because of a cut, which really, I don't know, is a questionable cut in itself. How did you mm. feel after that fight? Um, I wasn't... It's a tricky one because I know if I, any cut above the eye and if blood goes into the eye, which it was going into my I knew the fight was going to get stuck. Like, if you watch the fight or you see the pictures, Stan actually has me in a Kimura and I'm talking to Paul Nichols the whole time. But like, I'm not phased about the Kimura. I'm like, no, no, I'm good, Paul. Don't stop the fight, don't stop the fight. Because when I had one of my first losses in MMA, I got choked out. I, just, I was being a stubborn person. I wasn't tapping out. And it was the same referee, Paul Nichols. And I was looking at him. I was going to say, you know, don't stop the fight. Don't stop the fight. So he knew I was stubborn. And then I was basically just like talking to him the whole time. Like, I'm good. It's good. It's just a cut. So to his credit, he let me fight to the end of the round. But as soon as we stood up and it just all started just dropping down my face, it was like, nah. But how I felt was I was annoyed at the time, but... You know, especially after watching, like, let's say, Dominic Cruz on the weekend. Like, he's, like, talking shit about referees and stuff like that. It's just one of those situations where, you know, especially watching, like, kickboxing, I've seen fights ended with cuts even smaller because, you know, it's, that's just how it goes. It sucks. Uh, I felt like, because I dropped, you know, I like Stan. He's a good guy. But I dropped him that second round with a liver kick, and I knew that going into the third round, that body was ready for one more shot. Like, he won the first round. I dropped him in the second, and I felt like, okay, I threw a sloppy takedown, and you know he went for a double underhook, and then I just his elbows just accidentally sliced me on the way down. So took him down. Next thing I know, just a pool of blood on top of him. I was like, "Fuck!" But um, yeah, it, it was a, it was annoying, especially being at the A and E till like fucking five a.m. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just it's just one of those things, man. Like you can't control those sort of stuff. Well, this is what's interesting about your sort of. I don't know, you, you always come across quite level-headed with everything, not overly emotionally invested in whatever sort of, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure if it's how you feel or it's how you come across or whatever it is, but kind of composure. And the thing with the stand fight, it's such a shame you didn't carry on because it's such an even fight in itself. The thing is, I'm yeah. far with both of you, I'm a fan of both of you, and the fact you guys were as even as that, that was just great to watch. Like, because watching, yeah. you know, I love my biases and my preferences, I just enjoyed watching it. And it's a shame, yeah. I want to I see that running back to be fair, but... Again, that's a conversation yeah. for another day. But no, the way you yeah. dealt with that, because it's almost interesting having that air of invincibility, I want to say, when you're the champ champ, to then, mm. when it comes up short, to then, I don't know, how was your camp after that? Did you feel that was an issue going in? Like, be mindful of getting cut, or is it just, a, you know, in the back of your head? Uh, like I said, it, it was just a case of one, once my cut healed up, I started to wear a bit more head guard. I started to wear my head guard for a bit. But after that loss, it was good because 
so your notification just came in there. It's, yeah. um, it was good though, because after that, I actually started training at BST a lot more. And I was, I started doing, um, I don't think that's when I started doing PTs with Jordan, actually. I think I was after my fight with Josh. But, um, you know, I started training at BST a lot more. So I did more jujitsu with Ray, started, you know, trying to get some more sessions in with you boys. And even though I lost, like I said, uh, I spoke to Stan quite a few times after the fight. He was like, oh, no, come down, meet, meet me at the uh, BST. We'll do some training, a one-to-one training or whatever. Because that's one thing I always have with people I fight. Like, I'll message them, you know, we'll chat, have a good laugh or whatever. And if it's someone who I feel like was, I had a really good fight with, I'm like, well, let's do some training. You know, you will get better. I will definitely get better. So after that loss, it was good. It made me realize I need to step up my training a bit more. So, yeah, I think it all depends on like how you take a loss. Like if you take a loss and you moan about it and you get upset about it, you know, you're not or, you know, you blame other people. You won't get better from it. But if you stay away after the loss, you just say, OK, I lost. You know, he was a better fighter. What can I do to get better? And then just focus on the next fight. So, with that in itself, how did you find sparring with Stan after that? So, if your first time at BST, talk to me about that, as in, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, your first session at BST post-fight with Stan. Yeah. It was good, actually. I was really looking forward to it. I thought, you know, obviously, when you, we fight, when you fight someone, it can either go two ways. You can either beat the shit out of each other, which isn't going to help anyone, or... You know, you can just go in there, smile, tap gloves. And we just, we had a technical spot. Now, we did hit each other with some, you know, good little shots. Um, I think he caught me with a spin back fist, and I caught him with a good head kick. And, you know, but after the round, like, he actually, we were sort of helping each other out. Like, he asked me for, he wanted to practice a drill with me, like, how to take the back from slipping across. And I was like, okay, but, you know, I said to him, you're a little too far away. So, you know, try to close the distance a bit more when chest to body. And, you know, we started helping each other out. He helped me out with a bit more of some wrestling drills. So, I feel like, you know, you can learn something from everyone, you know. So, I wanted to learn a few more stuff off him because, you know, he has got some good wrestling. He's good at putting people on the back foot. You know, he uses his strength well in that sense. So, I wanted to use, learn some of that off him. But at the same time, I wanted to then practice some strikes on him because I felt that in the fight, that's, he had some uh, good little heavy hands. <laughs> Well, he certainly has that. It was and, just... you know, as far as to know that, I'd like to question that as more than a... <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> but um, there's a few yeah, things... No, he's Sorry, a good guy. Like delay, you go. You know, it's... No, no, it's, as I was going to say, it's... he's a good guy. And I said, um, I'm happy to train with anyone I've had a fight with. I've had a few people actually even ask me, I've had fights for, say, oh, come down and train with us. So, the fact I can train with him and a few others... So I remember uh, even Joshua Brew was talking about wanting to come down and do some training. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, that's always... Got... Sparring with both. <laughs> well, this is where it gets interesting when you've had a fight with someone and then you can go to train with them. Because it gets very... I don't know, the undertones a little bit of, okay, you won that one. But what happens if we get another go yeah. at it? And it's a bit of like, I don't know, because as much as you want to be like, you know, sportsman-like and, you know... There's still that bit of, oh, yeah. there's a bit of sting still, if you see what I mean. It's a yeah. bit of an interesting one. Yeah. It was actually like, um, also with people you've not fought, but you know you're in the same bracket. Like, I, uh, like for example, Nadu. Nadu's a great guy. I always uh, get on well, really well with him. Uh, you know, we'll like each other's shit or whatever on Instagram. Or, you know, we always have a good conversation if we talk to each other. But, you know, it's the same thing. Like, when you're in the cage, it's sort of that sense of, like, okay, well, 
I don't want him to beat the shit out of me. And he's thinking, obviously, he doesn't want me to beat the shit out of him. So you have that extra intensity behind it. Like, you know, you know, you sit on your punches a little bit more or you really go for those takedowns a bit heavier. But when it's all said and done, you know, you shake hands, you know, you laugh about it and you know, hopefully get better from it. Very but, well uh, thought out answers. There. I like I really... it. Very dem- democratic. What's it called? Diplomatic, I still want. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Covering your bases. Yeah, I, thought, I thought these things through. <laughs> you got your notes. So, but oh. it's like that if I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's my monitor? <laughs> so your girlfriend is there just like sort of shouting out orders at you, making sure you're staying in the lines. Making sure you're not pissing anyone off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, cue cards. Don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> but um, it's like, especially at BSD, because loads, there's like loads of monsters there, man. And the thing is, loving them around my weight class, so... It's it's good to have that experience with them. Which weight class? I wouldn't. It's five. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, especially like the um, the Sunday sessions we do because that's really good. And obviously, thanks for inviting me down to those. More than welcome. Um. Yeah, and like I said, you know, sparring with some of the pros as well, like you know, uh, Tom Creasy, Sam Creasy. Uh, it was really good, especially to feel that uh, difference in level. I was just like, I remember when I went against uh, I feel Tom, and I was just like, okay, most people, I, if I want to take him down, they go down, but I just couldn't get his legs, and he was taking me down. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> the thing is, what I've really level. found, yeah, with training with the pro guys, is it's literally another level to the amateurs, because it's a different kind of, I don't know, everyone's different in their own rock. There's always an air of patience, and the air of composure, yeah. which is so horrible to deal with. Of like you haven't got the nerd, oh, nervous man. energy, and they're just that much more. I don't know. It's like yeah, like I said tra- training with Tom Cruise. It's horrible. <laughs> I hate it because he's so nice yeah. and he's so composed, and yeah. without any effort, he can beat the shit out of you. <laughs> same with Sam. Same with George. Same with all these guys. They're just so like composed when they do it as well, and it's so like clinical. And they can be nice. They can go in, do what they want to do, and you're just like, oh, I want to go as far as the beginners. I don't like this. <laughs> just go crying off. Yeah. <laughs> But it, I know what you're saying. It's that sense like they'll stand in front of you and they're not doing anything, and it's like you're almost biting. Like, well, what do I? Do? Am I going to hit you now? Or it's like, <laughs> so and you okay. think, well, if I step too far, this is going to happen. Yeah. But it, it, like I say, it's really good to get that experience in there and just get those high-level guys just to you know kick your ass a little bit. <laughs> That's what we're here for. A few things I wanted to sort of go over as well. Because of the number of fights you've had, have you developed any kind of fight day kind of routine? A sort of ticklish you have to try and keep yourself in the right mindset or anything like that because obviously when you become a higher up in the car that's longer hanging around longer time to get in your own head with stuff oh, God, yeah. oh definitely there's there's times where i went fight till like 11 o'clock and i've been there since well 11 a.m in the morning um what i do is i take a lot of naps during the day of fight day so like you might see me like lying on the floor or asleep on the chair or something like that because um, when I fight, I try, I try and keep level-headed, so that way I don't fight with emotion and just like, you know, I mean, I have to put it on, obviously. But I feel like if I get angry, that's when I make mistakes. And if I get angry, then you know, maybe my uh, takedowns aren't gonna be very clean. You know, I go with aggression. So during the day, you know, I have small meals for um, small meals. Um, I always almost fail my medical quite a lot, which is really weird. But I reckon that's just nerves. Um, but yeah, like mostly napping. I might read a book or something in between. And then like an hour before training, uh, sorry, before the fight, I'll just slowly start to warm up, you know, 
do a bit of light, uh, walk around a little bit with my music on, do some light shadow boxing. And then I'll just basically go over like worst case scenarios. I say, okay, this guy's got my back. What am I going to do? I say, I miss a takedown. What am I going to do? Uh, I can't find my range, blah, blah, blah. So I work on things like worst case scenario first. And then I start working on, okay, now here's what I'm going to do. Okay, he does this. I do that. I get out of this position. I'm going to take him down like that. You know, go through stuff like that. I don't go too hard in my warm-ups. Like you see some people, and they're doing like uh, 10 three-minute rounds on the pads or, you know, they're doing like five minutes of wrestling or scrambling. It's, I'm always there like, shit, am I doing enough? <laughs> I'm just like really relaxed about it. And this so, is really wanted to get into also, as well. Sorry, carry on. I didn't realize you finished. That's all right. That's all. I was just going to ramble about something. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it wasn't much. What was you going to say? <laughs> that's all right i was gonna say i didn't want to interrupt you but yeah again that whole kind of transition between being composed and then switching it on with that switching on kind mm. of thing where's that come from you said earlier in your sort of training your coaching but where have you learned to switch it on because you were telling about the composure and the training in the sense of you know playing around training smart but how did you learn to i don't know was there any kind of things you've done to really learn to switch like it the on? switch yeah uh, I've tried. I, I think I think a big key of it is experience. I mean, I've had 16 amateur fights now, total, and I've played with a bunch of different things. I've tried going in there angry. I've tried going in there relaxed, sometimes too relaxed, or you know, I try getting there excited. I find the best thing to do is when I'm in there, I just I I take it in. Like, I'll, I'll be like very like sheepish. I think at the start of the round, like, uh, before I call my name out, like I won't look at the cameraman. I won't look at the guy calling my name. And it's just like psyching myself. I'm just thinking, okay, it's go time. You know, everyone's watching now. Uh, I've been working my ass off for this for months, and it's time just you know turn it up. So I think it's just that competition side just kicks in. You know, it's like okay, we're not playing now. This is serious, and this guy's trying to take my head off. I gotta try and take his. And like I said, I think it's just a case of just switching, switching off, you know, ignoring everything. I always say when I fight. Uh, there's no one else there. There's no one else in the arena. There's no referee there. It's just me and him. And, you know, basically, you know, whoever loses isn't walking away. So it's just, I don't know. I think it's just a natural competition thing. You know, I've seen it quite a lot as well. Like, I heard like, Daniel Cormier was saying about stuff like that before. He was saying, like, you've got to have that mentality where you can just switch. You know, you can, it's good to be the happy guy. It's good to be the good guy. Help people out. But, you know, when it comes to business, you just got to go to that killer's instinct and just switch, you know. And I think it happens quite a lot as well, especially with the high-level guys like Henry Cejudo as well. You know, cringe king. But cringe. before the fight, you know, he's huffing, he's huffing, yeah. And, like, you know, he's just a completely different guy. So I think that's just a case of his, like, you know, you, you can't, I can't fight that way. You know, I can't fight with a – well, I do fight with a smile on my face, but you can't fight, like, laughing and joking. It's just, you know – kill time <laughs> well certainly an issue i found is trying to that transition in myself in the own training and that like trying to find that composure yeah. because where when it comes to actual sparring cardio for days no problem but when you get that kind of adrenaline that kind of heightened moment that's why i tend to find like your gas and everything else but again it's interesting the way you can switch on whilst retaining that same composure in the same way so it's not just yeah you've got you've still got the same style but the venom's there if you see mm -hmm. what i mean interesting yeah that's it 
I think like said, what you said there about the adrenaline, like the adrenaline dumps, is like what you're saying, like just before you get in, you're like, oh shit, <sighs> breathing we have. I think a big thing for that is I always say the worst part about the fight is just before your entrance, and I think that can make or break your fight because that's where you've really got to be like, I'm, I'm shaking now, I'm just thinking about, it. I'm getting worked up just thinking about walking to the cage, but that's like how much it gets me. Like people say to me, like I'm just stone, I'm dead, you know. I'm, I'm just circling back and forth. I'm not listening to anyone. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm in my own head. And I says, you know, like I said, can even now just talking about it's, And I'm just controlling myself. I'm trying to slow my heart rate down as much as I can, deep breathing. And that's when I just start focusing on my opponent. You know, like, what, do I, what do I want to do here? And I think as well, a big key is, you know, experiencing the loss. So I think to myself, like, you know, I've worked my ass off for like eight, 12 weeks. I know what a loss feels like. I don't want to go out there and lose. So, you know, you just think about worst case scenario and then you just turn it off and just think, you know, fuck the adrenaline dump, just go out there, perform to your best. So that is an interesting point as well with dealing with that loss and then dealing with the, I don't know, the feeling of it. What does a loss mean to you? Mm. What does that when you lose a fight, how does that make you feel and why does it make you feel that, do you think? Well, the worst the, the worst sort of loss you can have is when you get finished in the first round and it's straight away. My first loss in MMA, it, I went against this guy who turned out to give a fake name, fake, uh, basically he was someone who he wasn't. It turned out he'd been fine since 2011. It was the guy in the do for as well. So I think we all know what happened there. But I went against the guy, and within about 30 seconds, he choked me out. And that was, that was devastating. I took that one really hard. But when I got back home, I thought about it, and I was like, well, I'm still alive. Um, and I got some really good experience, you know, even though it was only 30 seconds or so. But now I know how to deal with a loss. And after that, it was just a case of, okay, I just need to keep working harder, take my training more seriously. The way I look at it is if I've lost, then maybe I need to do something different, you know. But that's why now my style is a lot more uh, aggressive with some more wrestling in there. Like, I'm not just trying to stand and bang with people and just, you know, hope for the best. Let me bang, I'm, bro. I'm honest with myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm honest with myself. I look at someone, if I'm like, okay, this guy's got better striking than me, you know, am I going to go out there and try and knock him out? Probably not the smartest object in the world. Or this guy's got better jujitsu than me, you know. Probably I'm not going to take him down. So I think that's important as well, like being honest with yourself, you know, and be able to admit to yourself that maybe this guy's better in certain areas. You know, you're not invincible. Um, you're not going to completely destroy this guy if you don't take him seriously. The guy's going to destroy you. So I think it's important to be honest with yourself, be honest with your skills, look at his strengths, look at his weaknesses, and then work from there. So. That's how I deal with a loss. Do you feel an added pressure being a coach on top of everything else to then perform to a certain standard? No, I've, I've had, I know what you're saying, because I've had some people say it to me before, like, like they'll, they'll compliment you when you win, and then when you lose the fight, they'll be like, oh, well, did you, you know, you, sort of, you get a bit of a different tone, like they talk back to you. But, um, I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like that puts excess pressure on myself, and I don't want to put that sort of pressure on myself. You know, it's like at the end of the day, as much I love fighting, but it's for me. You know, I'm not trying to. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to big up my name. I'm not trying to uh, sell business or something. You know, if I win, great. If I lose, it happens. 
I feel like if you start putting excess pressure on yourself, like, okay, this person wants me to win. Well, that person needs me to win. It's just, it's not going to be well. It's also one of the reasons why even after 16 fights, I've not really had any sponsorships because I don't, at the moment time, I'm not looking for that extra pressure. Like, oh, well, if I lose, are they going to basically disown me? So, I don't know. I just, I just try not to take other people's responsibility on when I'm fighting. But this is it. I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm not, I'm only really asking these things to see if it already crossed your mind in the first place. So, yeah. again, it's, it's not trying to like, you know, put Are words in my mouth or anything. Oh, you good, man. Good stuff. Um, most important question of the podcast is where can people find you, mate? Uh, on Instagram, Way of a Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> on Instagram, it's Way of a Warrior. And on Facebook, it's just Antonio Luca. I mostly only really post fight-related stuff anyway. So if you're looking for uh, training clips or fight highlight videos, I love to post those fight highlight videos. Or, just, you know, my opinion on certain fights or, you know, who's going to win or whatever, then, you know, definitely go to my Instagram because that's 100% just fight-related stuff. But, yeah, like I said, um, I'm pretty easy to get in contact with as well. If anyone wants to talk to me about anything, just drop me a message. Especially now, I'm not really doing anything. <laughs> Regards of your online training, online coaching stuff, where can people find that? Oh, um, that's, uh, that's a bit tricky. That's going to be a case of uh, you're going to have to get into contact with EWF. So whether it be through a Facebook or whether through the business page, like they're pretty easy to get in contact to. Like you'll speak to one of the admins and they'll sort everything out for you. And yeah, it's pretty simple. Then you'll be logged into a Zoom account or Facebook Live, and then I'll do the training session with you there. Thank you for listening, guys. And this episode has been sponsored by Mauler MMA. Use code FCMMA20 at checkout on MaulerMMA.com for 20% off on all products.